Hey everyone, I'm Mo Shwenunu and you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. This is the place where we bring you just the facts from verified sources and a breakdown of what matters in the news. We read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Here's what we're watching on this Monday, October 24th. The Chinese Communist leadership has given an unprecedented third term to Xi Jinping. I'll tell you more about Xi and what he has planned. He's the country's most powerful leader since Mao Zedong. Hospital officials across the U.S. are continuing to express concern about RSV as pediatric wards fill up. President Biden's student loan plan is now on pause after a late Friday ruling by a court that effectively froze it for now. And as you've probably heard by now, Taylor Swift dropped a new album on Friday. She's already broken records on the digital front as well as the old school sales front. Okay, let's get started here in China, where President Xi Jinping is now the country's most powerful leader in decades. He increased his dominance on Sunday as he was named to a third term as the head of the ruling Communist Party. It is a break from tradition. Over the course of the last several decades, leaders have typically served one term or two terms. Uh, He changed the rules for himself, is now taking on a third five-year term after already serving a decade. The uh, thought right now is that he is looking to be leader for life. In these most recent meetings over the course of the last week, he has promoted allies who support his vision for tighter control over society and the Chinese economy. Xi first took power back in 2012, served a first term, a second term. He has discarded the custom of leaving after 10 years. In 2018, he lifted all term limits. He recently turned 69, which is actually over the retirement age that existed for Chinese leaders until now. Significantly on Sunday, he also named his standing committee a handful of leaders who serve as his inner circle. They are dominated by his allies. He actually dropped his previous number two, who was advocating a more market-style reform, private enterprise for the country. Li Keqiang was his name. So he was the number two. He was dropped as she really tries to build an inner circle who are very, very loyal to his vision for China moving forward. This decision is all part of a every five-year Congress that the Communist Party has with a couple thousand of the most significant leaders of the country. They held a week-long meeting. Xi emphasized his view that China had to bolster its security against political, economic, social, and military threats. He actually issued a pretty somber warning of, quote, dangerous storms on the horizon. Typically, for the past couple decades, Chinese leaders in Xi's position have talked about the themes of peace and development. What's notable is he did not use those words this time. The big issue right now that uh, folks in the West are particularly concerned with is Taiwan. In his speech, Xi did not set a timetable for taking back control of Taiwan, but made clear that he wants the island to officially become part of China during his rule. So the concern is he now has a new five-year term. So could that happen in the next five years, as in a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. They already claim Taiwan, but haven't had control of Taiwan for the better part of 70 years. The U.S. Secretary of State Tony Blinken said this week that China may act, quote, on a much faster timeline, end quote, than previously thought as far as invading Taiwan. One other notable thing that happened during the Chinese Congress this weekend, I posted a video of it on my Instagram over the weekend. The previous premier, his name is Hu Jintao, he was in charge from 2002 to 2012, the 10 years before she took over. Well, in what appeared to be a very unscripted moment, he was forcibly escorted out of the major meeting as they were about to vote on Xi's third term. So the Chinese media says that who wasn't feeling well, but if you look at the video, it is clear who did not want to leave. Longtime China observers look at that video and and believe that Xi was an example for all the communist leaders in that room not to defy him and really kind of asserting his authority by specifically escorting out the former leader of the country. 
Okay, one more major international story we're watching this week. Russia's defense chief on Sunday alleged that Ukraine is preparing a, quote, provocation involving a radioactive device. It's a pretty dramatic claim. It was strongly rejected by Ukrainian and Western officials, including those from Britain, saying that the Russians are effectively trying to throw that out there as a uh, pretext to launch their own radioactive attack. Keep in mind here that uh, the Russians continue to lose ground to Ukraine after invading and occupying about 20% of the country. The Ukrainians for about two months now have been taking a significant amount of territory back from the Russians. So the Russian Defense Ministry over the weekend said they have concerns that there could be a Ukrainian dirty bomb that is used. Um, dirty bombs, by the way, are not nuclear devices, but they uh, use radioactive waste. So they spread radioactive contamination. Now, Russian authorities have been saying this since the beginning of the war, that Ukraine would use a dirty bomb and then blame it on the Russians. You know, clearly here, the concern among the Ukrainians who say they have no intention of uh, dropping a dirty bomb in their own territory on their own people is that the Russians are basically saying, oh, Ukraine's totally going to do this. And then when a bomb explodes, be able to point blame at Ukraine. So the Ukrainian authorities are particularly concerned now that the Russians have dropped these allegations again, saying clearly the Kremlin is trying to hatch a plan here and basically trying to throw out the dirty bomb thing first so they can't be blamed for it. Let's hope for everyone's sake this is just Russian propaganda and there's no dirty bomb unleashed on Ukrainian territory, but it does come at a time where people are increasingly concerned that Putin is getting desperate to be able to turn the tide here as his troops continue to lose ground in Ukraine. Okay, here in the U.S., hospital officials across the country are concerned about a surge of RSV, that's respiratory syncytial virus, RSV for short. That's the common cold-like virus that is impacting children right now. Cases in the U.S. have hit the highest level for any single week in the past two years. Fresh data from the CDC as of a few days ago shows that there's more than 7,300 cases of RSV in the U.S. The big concern right now is among children. The virus can be much more serious for infants as well as older adults. For most people, RSV typically causes a mild cold-like symptom. Recovery time is a week or two. Uh, I have heard from some of you on Instagram as adults who are having a tough time with it. But the big issue right now is that more and more children have been seeing severe symptoms that have led them to have to be brought into the ERs over the course of the past couple of months. Federal health officials say America's pediatric hospital beds are now more full than they've been for the past two years. The latest data out of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services reports that about three quarters of pediatric hospital beds, three out of four, are currently in use nationwide. Typically, around this time of year, we see only about two-thirds of beds that are in use. And while that may not seem like that much, that has put a significant strain on hospitals that are already dealing with less staffing as they head into basically the third year of COVID, and it comes as uh, their flu cases, COVID cases, and now RSV cases. So all three, some are calling a triple-demic. I've heard from dozens of you across the country uh, who have had to take their kids into the hospital in, in recent weeks, uh, in some cases waiting hours, some days having to go to another state because the pediatric wards are so full. One of the major reasons that medical officials are blaming on RSV being more significant this year or feeling more significant is that after a couple of years now, of masking and social distancing. They weren't exposed to as many viruses these past couple of years. So this is what's leading to RSV having more of an impact this winter. I've shared details on my Instagram account at Moshe at M-O-S-H-E-H -E on how to spot RSV and what symptoms are the alarm bells that uh, should lead you to bring your child to the ER. Again, that's over on my Instagram feed over at at Moshe at M-O-S-H-E-H. Okay, to another story here on the student loan relief plan. On Friday, I told you about how the White House was celebrating basically two major court wins on Thursday. 
Well, late Friday night going into the weekend, a federal appeals court temporarily blocked President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. That ruling on Friday came less than a week after the application portal went live. Already 22 million Americans out of the 40 million who qualify have signed up for student loan relief up to that $20,000 that uh, many Americans are eligible for. And the administration could have begun processing applications on Sunday, but this court case effectively halts that for now. The block was issued by the U.S. Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. It's considering a motion from six Republican-led states to stop the program. It's one of many lawsuits that Republicans and folks opposed to the program have filed against the White House. A separate case went up to the Supreme Court. They rejected it, allowed the loan plan to continue effectively. In this case, a federal judge had actually dismissed it, saying these attorneys general from these six Republican states uh, didn't have standing. They then appealed it to this appeals court, which then put this temporary hold on the program late Friday night. So one of two things can happen in the next few days. Either this court, the appellate court, can issue an order to keep the pause longer, an injunction of sorts, or it can dismiss the case and let the program carry on. We expect a decision on that in the next couple of days. Okay, we have a lot more news ahead in this podcast, but let's take a quick break here to thank our sponsor for this edition, Athletic Greens. So I just started taking Athletic Greens' AG1 supplement a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really excited to share my experience with you. As many of us know, trying to get all your vitamins in can be really hard to keep track of and can get pricey. Until recently, I was actually taking vitamins a couple with breakfast, a couple with lunch, and a couple with dinner. But I've now been using the Athletic Greens AG1 supplement for a couple weeks now, and it's just very simple. One scoop with a glass of water in the morning, and that's it. The AG1 powder contains 75 important ingredients, including tons of vitamins and minerals. It also has pre and probiotics to support your gut health, support your stomach, All of this combines to really help you build a strong immune system as we head into this cold and flu season. Athletic Greens is giving all Mo News podcast listeners a free one-year supply of their immune-supporting vitamin D in addition to five free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase. You can visit athleticgreens.com backslash Mo News to learn more about all that AG1 can do for your health and take advantage of the offer. You can get a discounted monthly subscription to AG1 powder or try it one time for just a month. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S, to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, let's head back abroad here for this next story. I've been telling you guys about this on the Instagram account. Uh, Climate activists who are uh, destroying art, famous art, to call attention to global warming. Well, we saw the latest attempt at that in Berlin, Germany over the weekend. Two activists from the group uh, that calls themselves Last Generation, they're a big climate group that really wants the German government to take more action on climate change. They approached Monet's Les Moules painting. I think I have the pronunciation right from my uh, high school French. It's over at Potsdam's Barberini Museum, and they threw mashed potatoes over the painting and its frame. The museum right now is assessing whether long-term damage was caused to the artwork. It's just the latest piece of artwork at a museum to be targeted by climate activists. Uh, Effectively, they've taken on this tactic in the past couple months, seeing that this is a way to maybe get attention to the climate change cause. Earlier this month, a British group called Just Stop Oil threw tomato soup on a Van Gogh painting in London. We also saw that same group, Just Stop Oil, glue themselves, glue their hands to the frame of an early copy of Da Vinci's Last Supper at London's Royal Academy of Arts. It's not clear yet whether this new tack by climate activists is uh, effective at all in winning over support, but uh, it's clear now between gluing themselves to paintings, throwing tomato soup on one painting, and now throwing mashed potatoes on another, uh, that this is a uh, tactic that's not going away anytime soon. 
Okay, let's end here with a little T-Swift. Uh, some of you, including my wife, may have stayed up really late Thursday into Friday morning as she dropped her new Midnight's album, and it is off to a record-breaking start in the U.S. This is really interesting. I saw these numbers coming out uh, over the weekend that according to initial reports, the album has already sold nearly a million copies in the U.S. on old-school formats. CD, vinyl, cassette, uh, which apparently some people are still into the throwback format. As of Sunday, it was actually 800,000 albums sold. That includes, by the way, some digital downloads for those who don't stream. It is the largest sales week for any album since 2017. So going back five years is also the top selling album of 2022 year to date. And Taylor also set a modern era record for single week vinyl album sales as vinyl now comes back. For most of us who are streaming it, it also broke records digitally. On Friday, Midnight's became Spotify's most streamed album in a single day. And Taylor also broke the record for the most streamed artist in a single day in Spotify history. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the Mo News Podcast. Your follows, reviews, and recommendations matter. Please tell everyone you know about the show, and please make sure you have followed and reviewed Mo News on the platform where you're listening to us on right now. And please leave us a review. Every review matters and helps us continue to grow the program. Thanks again for listening to the Mo News Podcast.